up, Mile Higher homies? Welcome back to Mile Higher Podcast. What's up, <laughs> Earthlings? How you guys doing? Episode 14 here. Episode number 14, covering secret bases today. Oh my uh, this is some pretty interesting shit. I think you'll find this pretty entertaining today. Yeah, and I haven't learned about it insightful. yet. So hopefully you guys will like today's episode, but welcome back, everybody. It's Josh, Kendall, a.k.a. Josh Lador and Kendall Ray. We are back on the podcast for another episode. Before we jump into today's topics, just wanted to say that for those that did not know, I am on Twitch streaming now. So if you haven't checked out my Twitch channel yet or come out and hang out with us on a stream. It's so fun. It's a lot of fun. We've been streaming all week. Mm-hmm. I stream five days a week. I feel like I have I have been and on, you've been at, on least at least a couple hours. times. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's like really awesome because normally there's only about 100 people on at once and we can like get to know them and have really deep and personal conversations, which is so cool. It's kind of like a meetup. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. It's exactly like a virtual kind of hangout spot yeah. meetup. Basically, we just play games on there, various different types of games, play Sims and GTA with Kendall, and then I play some other stuff, Fortnite and what have you. But it's a lot of fun, guys, so definitely come check it out. Mm-hmm. Link's in the description. And it, for those that are listening, it's twitch.tv slash Joshaldor, and you should be able to find me, no problem. But yeah, come check us out. Come follow. It's a good time. Plus, we'll be streaming the podcast there at some point. I don't know. We don't have an exact date planned yet for that, but... It will be within the next couple of weeks. I think we'll do a, a live streamed episode of the Mile Higher podcast. And we're kind of thinking of doing like kind of a Q&A type thing uh, yeah. since it'll be live on Twitch. Would kind be of an open. More of an interactive discussion, kind of talking about what you guys want to talk about. Yeah. And, you know, giving you guys an opportunity to get to know us. And it's, so make it'll sure be a you good follow time. on Twitch so you don't miss it when that happens. Yes. Yes. Make sure you do that. But we also like to thank our stellar patrons. We got a new one this week. It's Jocelyn B. Thank you so much for becoming a stellar patron. We yes, appreciate thank it. Thank you, Jocelyn. And the others are Elizabeth B. and Rebecca H. So thank you guys. And thank yes, you to thank all you. of our other patrons out there. We love you guys. We appreciate the support. Like we said, the podcast has not been monetized yet on YouTube or anything. <laughs> it's so been 14 weeks since we YouTube submitted. is just uh, either YouTube is like, like just doesn't want to monetize our, our fucking podcast for whatever reason. Or they're just literally I think, taking their sweet ass yeah, time. I think they're taking their sweet ass time. So we'll hopefully see. that'll get get done soon. Because we have so much, so many cool episodes planned that yes. we've been kind of waiting to do. Um, so yeah. you definitely want to be there for those. So right. be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Subscribe on iTunes. Leave a rating. Leave a review. If you enjoy the podcast, we appreciate it. But today, today's Patreon question comes from Emily Hooper, and she said, I know this might be a big and open question, but if you ever happen to somehow bump into another life form, I'm assuming alien from another planet, what do you think your reactions would be? What would we say What we would ask them? <clears throat> well, I think we would be, it would depend on like what it was. If yeah, it's it would like depend a, on the species of the alien, yeah. I think. <laughs> if it's like a Nordic alien or something that looks like a humanoid. It might be kind of hard to tell at first or like really, you know, know whether or not they're from you know, yeah. another star system or something. But if it was like a little gray or something, what would you ask them? Oh, man, I would ask them. I would, First of all, I'd ask them, where are you from? Yep. Where are you from? Do you know who made you? 
Yes. That way I can distinguish whether or not they're a real biological life form or if there's some sort of like clone life form or some sort of android or something. Wow, you thought this out. You always get to think <laughs> about the question because you know it in advance. I don't even get to think about it. Um, and then I would ask them, you know, what kinds of like what kinds of technology do you have? Is there anything you can show me or can you prove to me that you're an you're an extraterrestrial? It would be pretty pretty wild to to run into an alien, I think. But it would be super cool. So, I would want to know like what life is like for them. Just like explain like yeah. your understanding of life. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think the meaning of life is? I mean, don't we all want to know that? Yeah. And just like what is your life? Like, right. Like, what is you what is you do? Like what's your point? What's your purpose? What's what, the purpose? What, what do you do? Do you love? Do you have emotions? Like what is your life like? I think that's <clears throat> yeah. I think a lot of us would probably have similar feelings about about yeah. that. Yeah. Because I think we're all just curious to know, you know, the secrets of life and the universe and, you know, yeah. to see if maybe these other species are, you know, more high, you know, more advanced than we are. And they are probably consciousness wise on a higher level than we are. So they probably understand things better than we do. So, yeah, it'd be fun to pick an alien's brain for a day. It <laughs> would weird, It'd be super fun. It'd be super fun to pick an alien's brain. But thank you, Emily, for that. Yes, question. Thank you, Emily. Something else we wanted to talk about before we jump into the bases is this crazy oh, yeah. fucking story or case about the Hart family. And I don't know if you guys have seen this on the news or just seen it on the internet or Twitter. I'm sure most of you have. It's this pretty, pretty big news. Pretty bizarre and pretty wild. So basically, what happened is there's a lot of mystery surrounding a fatal car crash that involves the Hart family where their SUV plunged off of a coastal highway in California. Yeah. And, um, at first, you know, they thought it was an accident. This family accidentally drove off. This is a month ago, by the way. Yes. Last month, month in ago. March. So everyone was so upset. Yeah. About this poor family. And this is a family of, um, two lesbian mothers and there are six children from yeah, all six different adopted, countries. Six adopted yeah. kids. So like, and they take pictures of them like meditating and doing yoga and um, they really like live this like earthy, crunchy Zen life that you wouldn't think there's anything going wrong. So people thought, you know. Yeah, it's really bizarre because the mystery around it is because is the fact that it literally drove off the side of a cliff. Yeah. And what happened was, is that when they recovered the vehicle, the software of the vehicle suggested that it was going 90 miles an hour yeah. off of the cliff. There was no evidence of braking either. There were no brake marks or skid marks as if someone was trying to brake. Right. There was no evidence. It, so it seems intentional. It is intentional from what yeah. the crime scene tells us. So that is confusing because, you know, you have this family that's like this great family and I'm going to be talking about this case on my channel as well, but I'm waiting for more information to come out because it's still under investigation. So, yeah, I could see this going either way because um, the the son, one of their sons had a famous, a really famous picture hugging a police officer after yeah, Michael yeah, yeah. Brown passed away. Yeah. Devante. And this police department's going really hard after them. So I am not going to jump to conclusions and accuse these parents of purposely driving their whole family off the side of the cliff till there's more evidence but there is some there evidence. is some so, stuff there's some solid stuff so i'm just saying One i sec. wanted to wait for more information before i made a full video yeah yeah, yeah totally yeah so there were six kids and then the two parents and the parents names are jennifer and sarah and they were both 38 years old 
and they were found inside the SUV that went over into the ocean. Buckled it. They were buckled in. None of the kids were buckled in. Yes. And then the children, Marcus, who was 19, Jeremiah and Abigail, who were 14, were also found nearby um, the vehicle. And, and then, then just recently, like last week, I think, another of the female bodies uh, turned up okay. after a storm. And they're not sure who it is. It could either be Hannah, who's 16, or Sierra, who was, who was 12. But there's still huh. one girl and Devonte, the 15 year old boy, that are still missing. So, so the question is, did they, did they do this, or, yeah, like, well, well, what are you saying? I'm also curious about if these other two kids are missing in the crime scene, or if they didn't even make it with them on the trip. No, at all. they were in the they were in the vehicle. They know they've that pretty for much. Sure. Yeah, they've pretty much like there's no other real scenario where they they couldn't be. Why? The investigators are fairly certain they were in the vehicle. The whole family was in the vehicle. Okay. Because I was thinking maybe they did something and then committed suicide as a result of what? Yeah. And and the reason why there there is, you know, people are questioning this so much is because one of the one of the moms, Sarah, she pleaded guilty in 2011 to a domestic assault charge in Minnesota over what she said was a spanking given to one of her children. So uh. she got a domestic assault charge for spanking. That That's... Not only that, but four months before the crash, a man made a 911 call regarding the family detailing one of the children's attempts to get help. The 911 call was released for the first time on Wednesday, this past Wednesday. Uh, apparently, there was like a kid climbing out of their house asking for help out of a window. Asking for food. Mm -hmm. Asking for food. Yeah, I have the actual quote here. The man said, there's some kids... There's that some I kids feel that I feel are being highly abused. Yeah, they have four black children, but that part doesn't matter. He told dispatch they're new here. But the other night, a little girl jumped out of the second story window, damn, on the roof and then down to the ground and then ran to my daughter. And this is at like two in the morning, begging them to help her. He said the girl cried and begged his daughter not to let her parents know what she, or that she was there. They were notified and one of the parents came over. Then she, one of the parents, had all four of the kids come back later and say everything was okay. And they were standing at attention like they were all scared to death, the man told dispatch. And I think there's something very serious going on there. Wow. And the, and the girl didn't specify why she was scared. He said the caller said he had to report the incident after his daughter told him about it. And the more I sit on it, I just can't live with it. Somebody has to go there and check on the kids, he said. And this was back in November of last year. Uh, when this man uh, told dispatch about this event. And then, yeah, it's at least one, at least four events in which the kids had appeared to have told other adults about troubles at home in a case that um, is continuing to raise questions. So it's pretty, I don't know, things are sort of stacking to allude to a conclusion of that there may have been some abuse involved for sure. And yeah. it's possible because it's interesting that CPS in, in Washington state was trying to visit the family after the report of a child's complaint of mistreatment. And when the officials came to visit the Hart's home in Woodland, Washington, no one answered. And this was literally right before they the left. crash. Yeah. Oh, right before. Maybe they didn't want to get caught for like really something, you know. Well, that's what I'm kind of thinking is like, I think for. They didn't want their image to go away of like this Zen mom. Well, that's the thing is they've been like, Put it like if you look at pictures of them as a family, they have them yeah. all at like the Bernie Sanders rally and they're all yeah. wearing their shirts and yeah, they're, they're like all happy. This little liberal, and it's like, 
little activist family yeah. basically yeah of adopted kids mm -hmm. and these this lesbian couple but it's starting to seem like there might be worse things going on that we know about well listen to um i just want to i just want to you know it's pro that seems like that's what's going on but at the same time i do know that police will make people look horrible when they've done nothing wrong and it's it's very easy to be it's very easy to be persuaded by police so but the, what about but the, the phone kids call, yeah i know that's the what kid, makes it hard the kids are literally saying that they're they're not getting fed there's well, multiple events that's where what they're one man said. They're, I think there's more witnesses yeah. that corroborate this these kids' yeah. stories. So, I mean, I th it makes sense. It looks that way. It looks like abuse, and it looks like purposeful. And it looks like suicide on. because they're yeah. about to get all their kids taken from them or something. Yeah, maybe I think it was more about their image. Okay, listen to this clip. This is their friends talking about them. Family friends insist the couple was loving. Jen and Sarah were the most loving two moms that we could have ever seen on this earth, caring for six beautiful adopted children. A complicated legacy that remains a mystery. So I don't so know. So that's one neighbor or friend of that's, them. They're that... like close friends. I don't know. It sucks because there's not anyone left so to how testify do you explain to their the abuse crash? or how the crash happened. I don't, I don't, I'm not saying I think that they didn't do it. I think they did. I'm just I'm trying to you yeah, know look keep at all it options all angles, on the table, but I'm about ninety percent convinced they just drove off. It looks that way. That's where what the evidence points to. They had a video of the mom getting one of the moms getting bananas and like fruit and stuff at a grocery store um, right before the crash that morning. So and they don't really she's look feeding them like from the pictures they don't look like abused children no they look happy it's it's just like the weirdest thing so i'm just trying to keep it all you know i've just seen so many cases where things change very quickly and it's like you don't want to jump to conclusions till you like have everything or as much as you can out so it's just weird that it's just weird that the, the investigators have figured out that they stopped at an overlook before like an overlook on the coastal highway yeah. before proceeding to then like floor it going 90 miles an hour off the side of the cliff yep so what what happened between then and then like maybe there was some sort of fight in the car or maybe there was well, something going on and that's the thing they is lost we won't control ever get to and, know it'd be cool if cars had black boxes that recorded like the last conversation like recorded the audio and stuff <laughs> yeah and the video like they had a dash cam or something right that's yeah because it's so it's just such a wild one. It's hard to say. It is. But this case is still under investigation, so... We'll keep you updated on it, or I'll do a video on it. Yeah, I'm sure you'll do a video on it, because yeah, it's super interesting. Yeah, I'm actually planning to. It's already on my calendar. Because they're still, they're still investigating it, so we'll see where that leads. All right. Here we go. Today we're going to talk about some of the... Oh, hang on. I need a break for a second. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I wanted to hit my monk for a second before we started and monk well, tell you guys about a change with my monk. Yes. Affiliate. If you are listening, you can't see me hitting my monk pen. These are personal essential oil diffuser pens. They come in 10 or 11 now different varieties, um, feeling blends, nature blends, and they're incredible. They're my favorite thing ever. And I just wanted to let you guys know that the code no longer works for me. So if you want to get a discount, you have to use the link and we'll have that link in the description box. But yes. I needed a little Zen pen before I start this because this is crazy. This stuff helps a lot with anxiety. Yes, because we're going to get into some some interesting stuff. 
is the is the discount code or it's not a discount code anymore. It's, it's a, a link. link. Yeah. And the link gets you the ten percent off. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, Monk is really great. The personal oil diffuser pens. They're we really incredible. like them a lot. They're really the only thing I I push or promote other than Cloud Nine. Yeah, they're I like very what good. I like. You know, I'm really picky about what I what I share, and this I love this is Monk. good quality product though for sure. It is. It's amazing. The Monk. All right, I'm ready. All right, so we are going to talk about. There's a lot. I mean this this topic is so broad and so huge that we could literally do multiple episodes about this, and we probably will because today we're only going to cover a couple different things. And basically, we want to talk about some of the top secret bases that are out there that could be there. And some of those include Area 51. We're going to talk about the uh, Dolce base and then a possible underwater base that's been discovered. Ooh. So the, underwater. Base. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's interesting. So I'm excited to hear all this top secret bases. And when we're talking about top secret bases, we're, we're generally talking about military installations. And sometimes, you know, it could, I mean, it could be a military installation, but it could also be, you know, some other type of installation, even extraterrestrial base. But the ones that we're talking about today are, are specific to the military, because as we all know, the military has a lot of secrecy within it. It's very yeah. compartmentalized. It's very split up. And guys, their, their, their installations are everywhere. They've infiltrated everywhere, including under the ocean. So <laughs> the first base that we're going to talk about is perhaps the most famous one. We did a trippy talk video about it where we kind of covered some of the basics. So if you haven't seen that, definitely watch that. But Area 51, everybody loves talking about Area 51. Everybody's fascinated by Area 51 because it's it's just it's an awesome thing to to talk about because of all of the things that have happened around it a lot of the conspiracies around it a lot of the different things that have been cited over it it's very very interesting so what exactly is going on inside area 51 and why guys did it take the cia until 2013 to acknowledge its existence that is a very interesting question it is why did they wait so long to actually come out and say, oh, yeah, there is what you guys are seeing and hearing about is a secret base? Because I think at one point, Area 51 really was like one of the tops, the top bases, if not one the of the top, top secret bases, especially for a secret space program and aliens. So um, I think once people found out and became a thing and, you know, movies started taking eventually they had to admit that it because wasn't it like 2004 that they admitted that 2003 Well, still, that's like. A long time of people seeing that it exists before they ever acknowledge us acknowledge that it. I did. mean people knew about it way back even into the the 80s and 90s because of, yeah. of Bob Lazar which we'll talk about yeah that's what I'm later. saying is they kept it secret for a really long time so they denied it they would yeah, just deny it if every they were time. denying it look they wouldn't deny it if that base had nothing going on at it obviously there was something there to make them deny it they wouldn't deny the existence of a base unless there was something going on there right and then all of a sudden they change their mind and decide to like let everyone know it is real so hmm. sounds like things got moved or hmm, something's going they on they gave up on that location because they're like too many people are trying right to, well because like, there's a lot of conspiracies the, the most popular ones have to do with the fact that at one point whether it's still there or it was there at one time there was extraterrestrial possibly bodies and spacecraft that were stored at area 51 that's one of the most 
um, popular ones, and especially going back to the Roswell incident where we um, recovered UFO or we recovered extraterrestrial spacecraft. And a lot of people believe that was either taken to Los Alamos or to and then on to Area 51, possibly. And what's interesting is that one of the um, most interesting conspiracies is about the 1947 Roswell crash, which I just mentioned. But it actually involves a Soviet aircraft piloted by mutated midgets. And the wreckage remains on the grounds of Area 51. So that's just another conspiracy that, which we got to do it. We got to do an episode about Roswell because there's so much with Roswell too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of different things and there's a lot of different theories about what happened um, at Roswell. And what's also interesting is that some people even believe that in 1969, the U.S. government and NASA actually filmed the 1969 moon landing in one of the base's hangars. That's another popular uh, theory is that it was used to film footage the moon landing. for the moon landings. Again, another just a theory, another episode. Oh, another episode for that. Yeah, it's just no, I'm just kind of I'm just giving you a premise of some of the theories that are associated with this military base known as Area 51. So what we're going to try to do is present some of the evidence and then it's up to you guys what to decide whether or not these conspiracies are true. And if, you know, whether or not they're true or not is one thing, but Area 51 is still a very active and real base. Yes. It is very real it's very heavily secured i mean you can go on youtube and watch all the different videos of people trying to roaming try around them. area 51 yeah. and it's it's funny it's the real deal man i mean they don't fuck around at area 51 they've no. got cameras everywhere they've got sensors embedded into the road yep. the dirt roads leading to it so they they literally can see everything they can hear everything they literally have extremely good surveillance on the perimeter of the base and you will be stopped and fined. I think it's like six hundred bucks for attempting to like go into Area Fifty One. Oh damn! It starts at six hundred dollars fine. Six hundred to try to cross like into Area Fifty One, oh. which a lot of people try to do. That ain't worth it. It's a lot. So Area Fifty One, for those that don't know, is also officially known as Groom Lake or Homie Airport. That's the official name for the airport. Homie Airport. Homie area. Yeah. Which just sounds Homie airport. And it is a remote detachment of Edwards Air Force Base. So it is a part of an actual Air Force Base. And according to the CIA, the correct names for the Area 51 facility are the Nevada Test and Training Range and Groom Lake. Though the name Area 51 has been used in official CIA documentation. Oh, they, they have. They have yeah. used Area 51. The name. name. Mm-hmm. Other names that have been used for the facility include Dreamland, Paradise Ranch, Home Base, Watertown Strip, and then, of course, the Homey Airport. And God, wouldn't you do anything for a tour of that place? I think pretty much all of us would do yeah. anything for a tour of that. Gotta be the presidents don't even get a tour of yeah, the place. No. They don't even let the presidents go there. Mm-mm. That would be my first thing. Like, we're going to, I'm going to tour every single military installation. No, they say no. No, they literally deny you because the, you don't have clearance. Yeah. Mm-mm. The clearance in order to get into Area 51 is much, much higher than even the president has. Yep. And you literally, like, when you get brought into these top secret programs and top secret Air Force bases to do whatever work you're doing, they fucking, it's the real deal. You sign a non-disclosure agreement yeah. for 
15 years or something it's like 15 or 20 years Ooh. that you can't even talk about and i'm sure they threaten you not only with like suing you in money but like death oh yeah i'm sure they do if you start getting out of hand yeah, they'll be like, like we're not afraid to put a bullet in your head so. we know you just had a son josh but yeah if, if we hear any more about this area 51 you keep talking about <laughs> bye bye little, little elon woke might be gone when you come home <laughs> Elon woke. We need <laughs> our son Elon, Elon woke on Sims. If you are not on our Twitch, you're missing out. It's so funny. It is so funny. You gotta get back on there and have another baby. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but for those that don't know where Area 51 is, it is in the southwest portion of Nevada, 83 miles northwest of Las Vegas. And at the center of this area is a um is the shores of Groom Lake in a large military airfield. Hmm. And the base's current primary purpose is officially undetermined. So to this day, we still really I have, have no, idea, no what idea what they're doing there. We have no clue. <laughs> zero clue. Oh, that makes me feel good. But based upon historical evidence, it does seem to um, be used for highly classified military defense special access programs. Where have we heard that before? Where? Unacknowledged publicly oh, special access programs. Yeah. Government, military personnel, and defense, defense contractors. Its mission may be to support the development, testing, and training phases for new aircraft, weapons, systems, or research projects. And because they have remained so, they've kept such secrecy around the base, it's obviously been the root of a lot of conspiracy theories and also a central component in the unidentified flying object phenomenon yeah because area 51 the area around it in the nevada desert is like is a very hot place for ufo sightings for just unidentified <laughs> it's a hot place and it's a hot place it's right? literally it's literally i didn't a realize place. i just said hot place yeah, I was like, yeah. <laughs> it's a hotbed for for ufos yeah but we're not sure if that's like all because there are probably or at one point have been like really advanced aircraft at area 51 or around there or like a lot of them like the u2 plane remember there was like tons yeah, of sightings to talk about that yeah there were tons of sightings of the u2 of ufos around the time that we had the u2 plane which was reflective mm -hmm. and so a ton of people thought it was ufo because in the sky it's reflecting the sun not saying that there wasn't ufos because there definitely could be but like i think there's more chances there's more of a chance of people just seeing like military stuff and Mm -hmm. thinking it's something because it's not necessarily something we normally right. see yeah and ex that's exactly right is the u so the u2 spy plane is really where area 51 uh began yeah after world war ii the soviet union lowered they were building that stuff right 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 because after world war ii the soviet union lowered the iron curtain around themselves and the rest of the eastern bloc creating a near intelligence blackout to the rest of the world and when the soviets backed north korea's invasion of south korea in june 1950 it had become increasingly clear that the Kremlin would aggressively expand its influence. And America worried about the USSR's or Russia's technology and intentions and ability to launch a surprise attack because this was only a decade removed from the J Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor. So we were yeah. very scared about another surprise yeah. attack, much like Pearl Harbor. Mm -hmm. So in the early 1950s, the US Navy and Air Force sent low-flying aircraft on reconnaissance missions over the USSR, but they were at constant risk of being shot down. So that's when in 1954, President Eisenhower approved the secret development of a high altitude reconnaissance aircraft called the U-2 program. 
So when he started this, the first orders of business was to track down a remote covert location for training and testing. And that's when they found uh, the location in the southern Nevada desert where Area 51 is. I mean, it makes sense, especially back then. And it actually had been a World War II aerial gunnery range for the Army Air, Air Corps pilots, actually. And this middle of nowhere site became a top secret military base after that. And to convince workers to come, Kelly Johnson, one of the leading engineers of the U2 project, gave it a more enticing name, Paradise Ranch. Yeah. Because if, if you think about it, like, how would you get people to want to come work out in the middle of the fucking in desert? Nowhere, yeah. Unless you make it an awesome place. So not only call it Paradise Ranch, but there's also people that have worked at Area 51 that have said that back in the day during the U2 days, it was like Paradise Ranch. They'd have steak, lobster, crab every night. Oh, all you wow. can eat. They had Damn. bowling alleys. It was like a lit place. Like, yeah. it was fun. You know, they had a lot of stuff. <laughs> You know, after you're, cool. after you're done back engineering alien craft for the yeah. day, you can go have a steak and lobster and play some oh, and do some bowling. So Yeah, that's pretty Paradise Ranch. So the U-2, the U-2 spy plane testing began in nine, or in July 1955. And immediately, once they started testing this and flying this thing around the desert, reports came flooding in about UFO sightings. And many of these sightings were observed by commercial airline pilots who had never seen an aircraft fly at such high altitudes as the yeah. U-2. So you have to remember that the U-2 is completely top secret. Nobody knows about it. So if you're just an ordinary person or just a commercial airline pilot and you're seeing this, like like you said, this glowing object flying above you, you're like, what the hell is that? Yeah. You know, you're going to start immediately so be, questioning yeah. what it is. Because you're like, I've never seen something like that before. Right. Even yesterday, I thought I saw a UFO. I was like sitting in our bed and I, it was like cloudy out and I saw this like really bright flash, this really bright, right lead light like zoom across the sky like so fast like there's no way it was a plane but i was like maybe it was my eyes like, like debris and my eye floating around i mean who knows yeah yeah but i always think i see ufos so i think there are you know obviously real ufo sightings obviously but i think a lot of them are mistaken yes. it's just advanced technology that they don't understand that we have yes yes we'll talk about that more in a in a minute um so in the 1950s, airplanes did not fly as high as they do today. Like your or you know any plane that you guys go on and fly goes up to 40,000 feet most of the time, 40 to 45,000 feet. Well, yeah. back in the 50s, airlines only flew at 10 to 20,000 feet, so they were much much lower. So that's why they were so blown away by this U2 plane that was flying at almost, you know, yeah. almost at it could fly in excess of 60,000 feet actually. That's extremely high. And in this and this got me think when I was you know reading about this it had me thinking like you know we talked about the uh, like last I think it was last week or the week before we we're talking about the American Airlines pilot that right, saw, saw the, the UFO, UFO. Mm -hmm. and it got me thinking that it's so this this is how when we were talking about UFOs we have to remember these UFO sightings could either be man made or they could be extraterrestrial made those are the options as far yeah. as we know yes. And I think what a lot of people don't realize is that a lot of these UFO sightings, a lot of them are most likely man-made UFOs. They have the technology to do that because the, the way that the story goes or the theory goes is that Roswell, 
was sort of the first event where we got our hands on extraterrestrial technology. We got these flying saucers and we recovered them and we immediately got to work them. to reverse engineering their technology. And it's been a while since Roswell, 60 plus years since Roswell. So many believe that we have completely 100% reverse engineered this technology and now the military government has the ability to create these anti-gravity flying saucer type craft or these big V winged craft. Because if you've ever seen like modern day stealth bombers, they look like fucking like UFOs. Yeah, they the really black, do. Like, yeah, the black like V ones, like you're like, some yeah, of them look know. straight up like UFOs and they all have the lights on it. So when you think about it, you know, what were we, what were we actually seeing when we see UFOs? Are we seeing something extraterrestrial or are we seeing something unusual something we haven't seen yet? Man-made or perhaps military testing something? Because if these programs are truly top secret and, and truly special, you know, unacknowledged programs, then it's very possible that they're doing this covertly and they're not telling anybody about it. Hmm. So back, all right, back to, sorry, back to the U-2. So Air Force officials knew the majority of these unexplained sightings were the U-2 test, but they were not allowed to reveal these details to the public. So naturally, natural phenomena or high altitude weather research became to go to explanations for UFO sightings, including in 1960 when Gary Powers U-2 spy plane was shot down over Russia. And then U-2, so the U-2 operations halted in the late 1950s, but other top secret military aircrafts continued tests at Area 51. Over the years, the A-12 and numerous stealth aircrafts like the Bird of Prey, F-117A, and the, the Tackett Blue have all been developed and tested in the Nevada desert. And more declassified documents revealed Area 51's role in Project Have Donut, a 1970s attempt to study covertly obtained Soviet MIGs, which are just basically Soviet... Uh, Soviet planes that we got a hold of apparently um, and we found this out through declassified uh, documents so basically the point of telling you this is that it's very clear that a lot of work being done at Area 51 has to do with building new types of aircrafts testing them and that could be an explanation for the increased number of ufo sightings in the area around area 51 yeah exactly a lot of the lights that you see a lot of the different things could in fact just be the military testing out new aircraft that we've never seen before yeah this is where it gets interesting though because a lot of people are like okay well how did it get so famous why is it such a big deal now and it all started with a man by the name bob lazar and this guy's a very interesting yeah. dude He's famous, dude. Yeah, he is. So in 1989, a man named Bob Lazar contacted a local Las Vegas TV station asking for a chance to make his story public. Lazar claimed he had been employed as a physicist on Project Galileo, the government's most highly classified project at the time. The activity focused on reverse engineering of alien technology so that the government could put it to good use. And studies were carried out at a top secret base dubbed S-4 which S4 is located 10 miles south supposedly of the of Area 51 near Papoose Lake. Papoose. So it's a kind of an extension of uh of Area 51 and it's supposedly these secret hangars. Hmm. Apparently yeah, apparently according to Bob Lazar, the S4 facility has nine aircraft hangars embedded into the mountain. And the hangar doors were designed at an angle matching the mountain slopes. 
So they literally looked like they're cloaked. So you can't even tell that they're there because they are like masked by the shape of the mountain. They blend in. So you can't wow. see them. Yeah. Wow. That's interesting. Isn't it? Yeah. And Bob Lazar claims that while going to the S4 facility, he said he went there several times. He actually saw nine different extraterrestrial vehicles or flying saucers at the base during December 1988 and April 1989 when he worked there. And he presented technical details regarding their propulsion mechanism, which functioned on amplified gravity waves generated by a reactor placed on the bottom of the craft. And so his job was to research the fuel for the craft, which is a compound with the atomic number 115. This element had unusual properties that allowed flying saucers to bend space around them, and it couldn't be synthesized on Earth. This alien technology allowed for point A and point B to be dragged together, thus reducing the traveling distance to a few minutes flight regardless of the distance. And what's interesting about this is when we were listening to the podcast with Joe Rogan and Tom DeLong, yeah. Tom DeLong brought this up too and talked about how he claims that he actually has this technology, that his company has this technology yeah. that Bob Lazar is working on and this element 115. He was he was trying yes. to explain this weird element that if you shoot electrons over yeah, it, it, like it literally bends like space time. Yeah. Because it create it basically what it does is it creates its own atmosphere around it that is separate from the Earth's atmosphere oh. and therefore has no gravity. It does it's not so beholden it, to any yeah. gravity. Well, that's isn't that what John Teeter talked about too? Like shooting an electron over for time travel. So, yeah, something similar to it. I yeah. can't remember. I can't remember, I can't remember what he said specifically, but definitely something it, about shooting an it electron. It makes over sense, something. but yeah, element one fifteen um, allows allows basically the flying saucer or spacecraft to be able to create its own atmosphere where there's no gravity, which then allows all these crafts to do all these crazy maneuvers to go in all these go different directions. They're not, yeah, they're just, they're not limited to earth's atmosphere. Or it's gravity. So it's pretty, it's pretty incredible actually. Yeah. It's really, really hard to even like understand. Yeah. So it's called element 115 is called Moscovium and it's a synthetic chemical and according to Bob Lazar and people that know about this element 115, they're saying that it absolutely is not something that could be found on this planet, that it is it has from be, space. Yeah. It can only be made in space. Wow. That's so Isn't crazy. Isn't that crazy? And this is real, guys. This is fucking yeah. real. You can Tom Google talking all this about stuff. this like piece of metal they have. Yes. And as supposedly... They're gonna come out and show the world that they've got this this metal yeah, and that we'll see. They're gonna blow over minds uh, with I hope with this so. technology. And and I think this is you know, this is all part of disclosure and hopefully, you know, unveiling all of these technologies that have been kept from us and we'll we'll change the world as we know it. Because if we have the ability to manipulate space time like that, I mean That's huge. All bets are off, you know? Yeah. So all right. Here's, an here's a quote from Bob I wanted to read. I am exactly sure of what I saw, and I know what mainstream science is like. I know where physics stands. I know all of that, and this is an extraterrestrial craft. This technology is hundreds and hundreds of years in advance of us, and that's the end of that story. Wow, that's so interesting, dude. Yeah, apparently, Bob Lazar received briefings regarding the history of extraterrestrials on Earth for the past 100,000 years from aliens who originated from the fourth planet of the binary stellar system 
Zeta Reticula too. Zeta Reticula. Mm -hmm. We always come back to yep, Zeta Reticula. Always. And and not only that, but we always come back to the gray aliens. It's always the grays. The grays yeah. are very involved with yeah society whatever, yeah. and just us in general. That's what it seems like. For, it I seems mean, we like. don't know. <laughs> yes, and That's that they're gist. from this Zeta Reticula star system. And Bob also claimed to have worked on a flying disc with a diameter of nine to twelve meters. And the craft apparently had a commanding console and the seats were small, almost as um, built for children. Ooh. Because if you don't know anything, like if you don't know anything about gray aliens, we believe gray aliens are much smaller, three to five feet tall, or even maybe smaller than that. So they're like toddlers, basically, like the si size yeah. wise. Yeah. So a lot of people believe that the UFOs that crashed at Roswell were piloted by these gray aliens. Yeah. So these claims from Bob Lazar are pretty, pretty interesting. And after he went public, his life was put at risk. He actually got shot once and received countless threats from different groups of in, uh, of interest in different sketchy individuals, which is not surprising considering he went on the news. So the the whole point with bob lazar is that he was the first one that really went on the news and was like hey guys this is what i saw this is what's going on and really broke the story open about area 51 and about the yeah. alien technology being researched really and, brought it to the surface and really brought it to the brought it to the public so mm -hmm. here is i'm gonna play a um just a news clip because it's got bob lazar in it from um, talking about it from a couple of years from 2015 oh, about cool. this stuff. It's really I don't know. I just found it really fascinating. So let me play this for you guys. What it, year is this from? What? Years ago, young, it's from uh, 2015. It's got so it's it's not all Bob Lazar talking. It's got the newscasters talking, but it's all relevant to what we're talking about right now. And I just it's it's like five minutes, but it's it's good. All right, it's, let's play it's it. worth it. Let's do it. All right. Here we go. We're prepping for the five o'clock news when we learned that our scheduled live interview had canceled. We placed a call to aviator John Lear to ask if he could get a friend of his to fill the spot. A guy who reportedly worked out near Area 51 and had seen flying saucers out there. It sounded outrageous at the time, but that interview with Bob Lazar turned Area 51 upside down. We coaxed a reluctant Lazar into returning to Las Vegas to talk about it. I don't know. Sometimes I this really do regret, regret it. And almost, now. I, I almost feel like apologizing to him, saying that, you know, I'm sorry, I let things out. Can I have my job back? 25 years after he was forever transformed into Bob the UFO guy, Bob Lazar says he regrets ever talking about flying saucers or a secret base in the Nevada desert or any of the things that made his name known all over the world. If there isn't a day I, I don't get emails. And, you know, I try and get this across to him. Look, I don't even want to talk about it anymore. You know, well, I don't believe the story. Great. Pass it around. You know, I really don't want you to because it makes life difficult for me. A quarter century ago, not many people yeah, outside of Nevada had ever heard of Area 51, the mysterious base 100 miles north of Las Vegas, a place the government said didn't exist. It was the location of choice for all manner of black projects, spy planes that were kept secret from the public. And that's my driveway, that's Bob, that's Gene Huff, and uh, Bob's wife Tracy and Chris, 
and uh, we're just waiting there for uh, 5 o'clock to roll around. Former CIA pilot John Lear remembers the day that Area 51 became a household name. This is home video he shot as a KLAS news truck prepared to broadcast a live interview from Lear's home. Lazar was understandably nervous. Yeah, he was nervous because he was putting it all out on the line there, and uh, here he was going to you know, reveal all this secret that he'd signed, you know, that he was going to uh, never tell anybody. It's uh, not only a crime against the American people. It's a In the interview, Lazar's face was hidden, and he used a pseudonym, Dennis, which was the first name of his boss out in the desert. Well, there's several, uh, actually nine... Uh, flying saucers. Flying Lazar claimed he worked intermittently at a location called S-4 south of Groom Lake, the main facility of Area 51. He said the hangars had been built into the side of a mountain disguised as desert, and inside were a set of nine flying saucers. Months later, he revealed his identity to the world and said the technology he'd worked on was from somewhere else, that it was being taken apart to figure out how it worked. The reason that they're round and have no sharp edges is to contain the high voltage. When you get yourself in position... The in All right, I'll stop it there, but I don't think I can insert this into the uh, the video because it's uh, just a news yeah, it's not a YouTube news clip, clip, but I'll link it in the description for you guys so you guys can go uh, watch the full thing. It's, it's pretty interesting because it also goes on to talk about how Bob basically like knew about the testing of some of these man-made UFO craft or uh, these uh, flying saucers that the government or the military had built. And when he was actually out of it, he actually was able to, he knew of the time, the place, and um, where they, they could actually see the testing take place. And sure enough, they actually have footage of like a UFO over this mountain range where exactly where Bob Lazar said it would happen. So he, you know, he was, it's, he, it's pretty clear that he was, you know, somehow involved with this. Yeah. And it's been it's actually been pretty difficult for a lot of people to verify his background because apparently um, I don't know if this is 100 percent true or not, but his hospital birth records, college manuscripts and employment evidence have all been erased. And there's no evidence of him working also at the Los Alamos National Laboratory. So what it, he basically like because he came forward and he's like. You know, he whistleblowed in terms and, of the service. Yeah, him. exactly. But they, his birth certificate. Yeah, I don't know. That's crazy, isn't it? His birth records. I don't know if that means his birth certificate or not. But birth wow, can you imagine they just get rid of your birth records? That seems crazy. But he all but so Bob also offered a consistent amount of evidence supporting his assertions. And he has since gained many followers. A lot of people think he is a very credible source with a strong background in physics and engineering because that's what he is he's a scientist um he's he's a physicist he's in you know he understands all of this uh, anti-gravity stuff and all of the physics behind it but there are skeptics that think that the entire scenario is just an act played out by bob in order to personally benefit from it which i don't understand that at all because he lost his job he he yeah. got so much shit and death threats sh shot yeah, you know, there's why no would he why him, would like, he ruined his life? Right. Why would somebody do that? And he doesn't seem like the type of person that would just do that just because. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't make any no, sense whatsoever. Any sense. And so when Bob came out and did this. That's what really blew up Area 51 and made it super popular. And now everybody tries to go there. I mean, I want to try to go there and see it and, and see if I we can know, like dude. take a look at it. That's crazy. I'm not fucking with that. But it is a very popular uh, destination they named a highway uh 
out there after it called extraterrestrial highway i forget extraterrestrial highway yeah in nevada that's funny so area 51 final thoughts i think that i think i'm with kendall and i think that if there was anything extra actually extraterrestrial from yeah. uh, from an outer space they it's since it. been moved ever yeah. you know after bob lazar really like burst the bubble for them uh the secrecy the bubble. bubble no yeah. seriously though yeah. like he he yeah. burst their bubble and and so therefore that you know mm-hmm. with all this attention and stuff they're not going to keep anything extra tra- i mean i would be shocked but another thought is that there's underground like they may have built because like if you can actually look up area 51 on google maps now they used to have it like yeah, blocked blurry, out yeah. but now you can actually google it and look at Just it and look, anyone can. it doesn't even look like somewhere that you would think there would be all this like crazy technology and possibly well, alien bodies but da- well that's the thing is like the chances are these you know a lot of these bases go way deep underground stories underground 10 stories underground so who knows there might still be stuff there but from the surface it just looks like it's a they're testing aircraft and testing things like that so that is area 51 now this is interesting because this is not confirmed this is just speculation but it is very interesting i thought you guys would also find it interesting and that is off the coast of point doom i think it's doom or dume in malibu california six miles off the coast there's an unusual looking structure on the seabed floor and based on images obtained on google earth the oval shaped object has a huge flat top and appears and uh, has what appears to be pillars or columns that seem to reveal an entrance to a darker inner place. Whoa. So this is the, so I'll, I'll put this image in there and I'll, I'll link the, uh, the Google map for you so you can see it yourself. It's pretty, it's pretty interesting though. I went on there and, and had to look at this for myself and sure enough, literally six miles off the coast, you can see this bizarre, almost like egg shaped oval you can see it? right there. That's it. That's oh my god, it. that's huge. Yeah, you see that? So it's like an oval. Look how everything else looks. Looks how there's like this shelf and then there's like this oval here. And this is just like the top angle to it. You can actually go down and you can kind of see underneath there's like see how there's little like pillars. Yeah, there's like little pillars there, like one, two, three, four underneath it. And it just does it looks out of place almost because it's like so perfectly oval shaped. Uh- what i'm confused because isn't this like just a picture of the land flat yeah well no this is a 3d view i'm sorry it's three-dimensional yes it's a three-dimensional view wow that's weird so it could just be an anomaly but it's approximately 2,000 feet below the surface and measuring nearly three miles wide so what exactly is this thing and according to the radio program fade to black the researchers that have been looking, um, which is the holy grail for, if you don't know what Faye the Black is, it's it's a UFO uh, radio-based program with researchers, researchers who've been looking at this stuff for over 40 years. And the host, Jimmy Church, um, has said that one of his listeners named Maxwell contacted him last month and sent him the Google Earth image showing that odd underwater um, object or structure underneath it really is weird the coast. Yeah. And Jimmy actually asked his graphic designer to capture as many angled images of the anomaly as I, as he could. Because he wanted to find a way to get under and above the water so that you could really see, you know, what the columns looked like. And yeah. he, the images that he came up with 
are and i'll link that for you guys so you guys can see those images but it, it just shows you different views of that uh google earth image so you can actually see the the pillars or columns underneath the the oval structure better and it is very interesting because when you're looking at it from above it's nearly a perfect oval shape and in the natural surroundings nothing is symmetrical yeah it that's looks really very weird. symmetrical doesn't it everything is yeah. eroded and covered in rocks everything is eroded and covered in rocks and yeah. sloping and peaking and right here for two miles, it's a perfect oval. oval. For two miles. With a black separation or outline to it. <laughs> Every, I'm sure all wow. of you are like Googling it right now. Like it's That's literally search for Point Mugu State Park, M-U-G-U. -U, and right off the coast, you'll see it. And it looks really out of place. I mean, it just looks totally different from everything else that's around here. And it, it looks like it could be some sort of structure compared to everything else i mean this is the just the cliff yeah. of the the ocean bed shelf or whatever yeah isn't that bizarre but of course you know ever since that they started talking about this um one of the u.s geological survey geologists named david schwartz has said that he thinks it is natural and is just a part of the continental shelf of course it's just a complicated part of what's now offshore that has has seen some erosion and maybe slumping when perhaps this was just partially exposed when the sea level was lower. That's true. This is a really That's major true. earthquake area and perhaps some of these features are a result of slope failures due to shaking. So there's no flag under the water that says I'm the entrance to an alien base. There's nothing unnatural looking about it. It's just showing some sort of variation. Yeah, like wouldn't people have gone down and like seen it? Well, that's now? well, it's two thousand feet down, so it's pretty oh. far down. You'd have to get. God, how a does that Google image show us that? Well, I'm telling you, like the satellites above flying around the Earth are can they can probably photograph the bottom of the ocean. I, I guess that is the bottom of the ocean. So wow. Yeah. Whoa. They can penetrate extremely deep That's into crazy. the earth isn't it yeah so what do you we definitely want to know what you guys think about that if you do you yeah. think it is some sort of structure i think it could be because if you think about it exist. why wouldn't they do that like why yeah, wouldn't they build an sense. under you know if you believe that they're possibly building structures on the moon and other yeah. planets and shit why wouldn't they do it under the ocean what a better place to hide a top secret installation other than under the ocean <laughs> yeah all right, this is this is perhaps my favorite one we'll talk about today. And that's the Dolce underground military base. This this is one that you can't see on Google Google Earth. I tried to to find it. But the Dolce military base is an alleged joint human and alien underground facility that is as highly classified as Area 51 and is under the art uh, Archuleta Mesa on the Colorado New Mexico border Whoa. near the town Dolce New Mexico. Wow. So not far from us. We could no. even go down there sometime and try to try see to if we can <laughs> see anything. <laughs> and apparently it was allegedly inhabited by a battalion of gray aliens conducting. But who is this from? Where, experiments what is the source on, for this? this uh, I'll explain. Don't worry. Okay. This is just this is a wiki explanation for it. Because a it, wiki? it's it's a story. No, it's just it's a sto the story of it. There's okay. a story around it. Okay. And I'll explain okay. it more okay. here just in a sec. Ahead. There's people that basically there's whistleblowers insiders that have worked at this facility that are telling us us this information I gotcha. is what it is it's all insider so yeah it's it was inhabited by a battalion of gray aliens and they're conducting experiments on humans which is not unlikely under the watch of the u.s military 
and supposedly eventually paranoia and tensions ran high which resulted in a deadly firefight which exposed the dolce base level seven now what does that mean exactly well that's where somebody by the name philip schneider comes in and he's a real person you can look him up and he claims to have been a former u.s government geologist and engineer and he's actually one of the more notable people in the dolce air force base stories so i'm this is a this is not this is a underground base that hasn't been officially confirmed like this isn't like you can't find it no so this is like the same as like bob lazard saying that right yeah before and apparently he allegedly worked as a geological engineer contracting for the government in its construction of a program known as dumb dumb (laughs) yeah or deep under they use like things like that like acronyms for their projects Dumb. like you just heard the last one was like have a donut was the name and this is legit like the cia uses like code names like that or the military dumb which stands for deep underground military bases and according to snyder this system of bases spans the continental u.s with over a hundred interconnected subterranean tunnels so i i don't know about you but i believe there's there's a whole system of tunnels underneath the entire country most likely that connects the bases for sure connects the bases there could even be a tram running between the bases but according to philip within the dolce bases seven levels Schneider had clearance to construct a system of tunnels under Secret Service supervision. And one day while digging, he and colleagues experienced technical difficulties. And in their attempt to fix the problem, they encountered gray aliens. And according to Philip, a battle ensued in which he was one of the of three survivors out of 60 men. Jeez. And during the battle, accounts alleged that these aliens shot lasers from their chests, burning off some of Schneider's fingers and a leg. Apparently, after the battle, Schneider dedicated his life to serving as a whistleblower, exposing the events that occurred during his time there. And there are videos of Schneider describing the experiments conducted deep underground by the Greys on live humans. He said that human specimens were kept in liquid-filled capsules where the Greys experimented with human DNA. Sounds like a fucking movie. It does, but what's interesting about this is that there are a lot of insiders and whistleblowers and people that have worked in these programs that have come forward and have... Corrobor- uh, corroborated these stories about yeah. not so only humans testing on aliens but aliens testing on humans oh that's so fucking creepy because and schneider said that the grays would absorb the blood of humans and cattle for sustenance which Jeez. sort of makes sense because we'll get into that into a whole nother episode but weird. there's cattle mutilations there's all sorts of weird things that have happened confirmed oh, things so creepy. and there's no I haven't looked at cattle mutilations It's really, yeah, there's a lot to it. And it points to something extraterrestrial like these gray aliens, possibly. What? But what's interesting is that the fate of Philip Schneider really adds to the level of this conspiracy and the extent at which intelligence agents are involved. So government agents. Schneider spent the last part of his life giving speeches about his alleged experiences at the Dolce base. And he was often he and he often said he was being watched by the government and that if he was ever found to have committed suicide, no one could or one could assume he was murdered. So he thought because he came forward and whistleblowed on these on on these events that happened at the Dolce base, they would kill him and make it look like a suicide. Right. Which is pretty typical, you would think. And in 1996, Schneider was found dead with the cord of a catheter wrapped around his neck. 
in what was labeled a suicide. Catheter? Yeah. Who strangles themselves with a catheter? I don't know. Or who's, uh, somebody set something up. <laughs> I mean, something yeah. weird happened with that. Seems like it. So that's pretty bizarre story from Philip Snyder. And another name that's involved with the case is a security guard on the base named Thomas Costello. And he allegedly witnessed this project as well and saw local missing persons underground being experimented on by the greys. You know what? I really wouldn't be shocked. I've thought about it so many times. There are so many people so many missing. missing persons. It's insane. It is truly mind blowing. And where I are think they this all would going? make sense. Like government testing or alien testing. It sounds crazy, but it's not really uh, that crazy. It's so sad though. Scary. It's very scary. And the security guard said that he witnessed the rising tension and paranoia between the thousands of aliens and government employees in advance of the violent battle as well. But there isn't much else about him. So there's, he's not as verifiable as Philip Snyder is, but yeah. it is very interesting. And some further proof for this Dolce base uh, comes from a little over a year ago. A local newspaper interviewed Dolce residents on the Hikaria Apache Reservation home to about 2,500 people and residents of the town are quick to discuss their experiences and sightings of UFOs and strange phenomena around the mm. base. So there's a big Apache Indian reservation, not far from Dolce, New Mexico. It's in like kind of like the four corners yeah. area ah. and they have reported all sorts of bizarre sightings and mutilate cattle mutilations and all sorts of weird things happening around that, that area. Interesting. And it's actually become the next tourist stop after Roswell. That we'll, we have to do like a trip. We got to go to Roswell. We got to go to Dolce. Yeah. And just like. Do an alien trip. We should do like an. Yeah. Definitely do like a little vlog yeah. or something about that. Because yeah. it's. I'd love to see like some of this for my with my own eyes. If Me I can. too. Here's another interesting story though. One account from a state trooper in 1975. Has also sort of maintained the hype and excitement around Dolce. And this state trooper named Gabe Valdez reported coming across mutilated cattle carcass in a field outside of Dolce. And Valdez said he discovered a fetus inside the cattle that he described as looking like a human, a monkey, and a frog. It didn't have any bones in the head. <laughs> what the fuck? It was all full of water. Are you sure he wasn't smoking some green? I'm telling you guys. It doesn't have there, any bones in the head. I'm the more and more I research this and look into it, it's becoming more and more clear to me that it's it's not unlikely that some of these special access programs that are highly top secret and, and operating underground and underground bases or just underground is experimentation on human DNA and attempting to create hybrid hybrid beings. So crossing us with every type of animal possible yeah. kind of goes into like Emory Smith that we were talking, you yeah. know, that's a whole nother, a whole nother thing. Podcast, but yeah. it, it, when I read this, it really kind of like fits with what he was saying too. Yeah, so it does. it's very possible that they are experimenting. Either uh, it's aliens experimenting on human DNA and trying to, you know, yeah. better themselves. Something, Something weird's going on. And so the state trooper also said, what he saw looked like an incubation chamber for a cloned creature, much like the experiments purported to have taken place deep below ground. And after discovering the carcass, Valdez alleges he found listening devices in his home and reported UFO sightings. Valdez claims there are four underground bases at Dolce, which are now inactive, but he does not believe there were any alien beings there. Hmm. He said he believes the UFOs he saw were not necessarily extraterrestrial, but highly advanced stealth, stealth military, military aircraft. Yeah. 
including silent black helicopters. Wow. Wow. Silent. So that's the thing. It's like a whole battle between what's extraterrestrial actually and what's just really the military and their highly advanced possibly extraterrestrial technology. It's just like, which one is it? Who's, Who's flying these UFOs around? So is it possible that through Valdez's story, could he be implying that his discoveries uncovered some bizarre biological experiments conducted by the government, which is what we just talked about? I think it definitely feeds into that narrative that they're doing some bizarre experiments this last bit. So the last bit of this is is the kind of where the Dolce base thing kind of started. And that's with the story of a person named Paul Benowitz, who's a key figure in the or in the uh, perpetuation of this Dolce uh, base. And in the 1970s, Benowitz researched secret government programs conducted at the Kirtland Air Force Base in Albuquerque. And Benowitz's research revealed information that he said made government officials nervous. And to prevent him from further discovering secret programs, government operatives, namely Richard Doty, were tasked with feeding Benowitz false stories about alien bases in New Mexico. Which oh, to, Richard to Doty less credible. is in... Uh, it's Dr. Stephen Greer's documentary. Oh, is he? He's the one of the guys that was uh, talking about this stuff. And he was told, and he had to give this guy false yeah, info? Yeah, he had to give him false info. Wow, and he had, so he admits to it that he did that? Yeah, so he says they employed the help of a famous ufologist, William Moore, who co-authored the Roswell incident. And Doty and Moore's efforts drove Benowitz to the brink of paranoid insanity. And it seems that much of the propagation of the Dolce... Air Force Base battle can be attributed to Benowitz and the government's insidious operation to subversively drive him insane. And if Benevit, or Benowitz's story was proven to be fabricated by Doty, where does Schneider's story fit in? So basically, the angle with this is that it's possible that these stories were when Richard Doty was a part of these government programs, his job was to push this false narrative about this battle yeah. and stuff and all this underground bases and stuff. And I, I don't have the actual words from Richard Doty about this, mm-hmm. but I'm sure he's probably talked about it, maybe even in uh, unacknowledged. Um, but basically, it's possible. There's so much like misinformation that can yeah. be going around. Like the government is very good at what they feed us. They are yeah. very good. Yeah. Because they know what gets us like intrigued and excited and sends us down this rabbit hole. Yeah. But in real life, it's That's this That's why you just have one. to like really look at it, you know, take everything with a grain of salt and kind of like, you know, it's all interesting to learn about. Yes. We don't know. But because of this, uh, but because of this, we did find out about of about some of these government black budget or classified programs. So is it possible that Schneider was actually on the cusp of exposing some of these black programs oh, or yeah. biological experiments I'm that sure are going on? And that's why he got knocked off. Yep. And, you know, it, I think if anything, all of this is implications that the government does do foul play in order to cover up oh of course these types of programs and experiments people that, that were testifying on. against like in the um jfk you know that people were killed the night before they had to testify they killed themselves mm. well that's the thing is is like that we're getting smarter and smarter and we're starting yeah. to figure out that they're they There's lie to us they cover stuff up they cover stuff up constantly and they they constantly try to feed us misinformation 
And that's the whole thing with Tom DeLonge and his company to the stars and all of their stuff that they're doing right. is that they're trying to, um, you know, they're clearly in cahoots with the government, the CIA. They're, yeah. they're totally that's totally the, you know, elites program for sure. Like Hillary yeah. Clinton and John Podesta are tied to Tom DeLonge. Oh, wow. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. yeah they're tied. Oh, they're all intermingled. So anything that has to do with John Podesta or Hillary Clinton, I'm out because those. The shit that is out there on on those two is is insane. Agreed. As far as, far as corruption and even worse yeah. than that. Yeah, we're so, not even gonna go there. <laughs> yeah. So, just so the in so to end this episode, you have to take everything that the media gives you the you know anything that you read on the internet with a grain of salt because we don't know for sure. A lot of this stuff is witness testimony insider information people that claim to be whistleblowers and there's got to be some truth in there it's just like a matter of which things are true and which ones are not like filtering through it's very hard though it's very it's, difficult it to very filter hard. through it because there's so much misinformation and you know same with ufo sightings and stuff you know we can't assume that every ufo is a you know extraterrestrial craft it could definitely be a military craft so yeah just keep that in mind but we'll do we'll definitely do some more episodes about some of the stuff, uh, some of these bases. I mean, there's so much more. It's impossible to cover it all in one episode. But hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. Yeah, on super interesting. Secret bases. Sorry, I didn't talk much for the second half of it. Josh was just like going, going, Sorry, going, I, going. I'm extremely passionate about yeah, this stuff. I was just like, I'm just going to let him do it. I'm just going <laughs> to let him go. I'm extremely passionate about this. This uh, secret base stuff. And it's interesting, dude. Alien cover up. So hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Yes, thank you so much for listening to episode 14. Episode 14 is in the books. And guys, we will be doing a Patreon live stream next Thursday. You want to do it next Thursday? Yeah, let's just yeah. do it. Yeah, okay. Next Thursday at... 4 p.m.? 3.30 p.m.? 5 p.m. 5 p.m.? 5 p.m. Mountain Standard Time next Thursday. We'll be Patreon-only okay. live stream all levels. Okay, all levels. All, all patrons are invited. All right. But if you do want to stream with us whenever... We're on Twitch all the time. We're dude. on Twitch, baby. <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for listening on this episode of the Mile Higher Podcast. Until next time, stay woke, my friends.